Let's stand and give him a big hand. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Let's give him a big hand. God bless you. Thank you, God. Thank you. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Thank you. Tell him. Amen. Amen. And before you sit down, in all the campuses, before you sit down, say hello to someone next to you, give them a hug, high five or something. Amen. Look to the person next to you and say, are you happy? Look at the person next to you and say, if you're not, we're going to pray for you. Say, be blessed. Everyone, everyone on all our campuses, East County, everyone say East County. Say North County. Say San Ysidro. Say City Heights. Say Point Loma. Say online. Take out your phone. Everyone take out your phone. We got a new little trick, a little gadget for you. We're going to do something real quick before we pray. I want to say hello to everybody watching online. I want to say hello to everybody in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii yesterday and spoke at a mayor's prayer breakfast. They had 1,000 people in Kauai and only 67,000 people on the island. They had over 1,000 people at a mayor's prayer breakfast with the mayor and the senator. We're both talking about Jesus in front of all the leaders of that island. It was unbelievable. So God bless you all. Um, we have a new little gadget where you can invite someone to church using text message. And so we want to just invite somebody to church real quick. Uh, it's, you're actually going to send them a little video of me telling them that you are inviting them to church. Amen. So we want to show this to you, but we want to get you uh, accustomed to using this because this will be available to you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Especially as we lead up to Easter, we want to make it easy for you to invite people. So we're going to put the slides up on the screen. And you're going to text the word invite. To 52525. Let's do that. Let's text the word invite. And again, please uh, feel free to use this during the week. Uh, text invite to 52525 and then hit send. And after it hits send, it's going to ask you for your name, first and last name, or even you can put even a nickname if you, the person knows you by a nickname, or if you go by an alias because you're running, <laughs> hiding. <laughs> hit send. And then it's going to ask you for the phone number of the person, 10 digits, no parentheses, no, di no dashes, no spaces. You're going to put uh, the phone number and then you're going to hit send. And there's the invite. Now you can watch it later on. Uh, it's a short, I think it's 60 second video. And then hit the letter Y if you want to send it, which I assume you do. That's why you're here. And you're doing this. Hit Y, hit send. And then it will tell you that they got it. Amen. Feel free to call them, follow up with a text. And you can do that 24 hours a day. As we get closer to Easter, we'll, we're going to tailor make one for Easter itself. Uh, we want to, you to continue to invite your friends. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's get on our knees and pray. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being our friend. And I pray as we talk about having a bromance. Everyone say bromance. I pray that you would encourage us to be a friend to someone and allow you to be our friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give someone another high five.
Let's see your Bibles, church. Let's see your Bibles. Say word on three. One, two, three. Say word. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18. 1 Samuel 18. And in my Bible, it is page 205. 1 Samuel, Old Testament. Uh, it's probably like the uh, 12th book of the Bible. I don't know. Something like that. For 14th book. Chapter 18, right after the story of David and Goliath, which is 1 Samuel 17. Not that it helps any of you. <laughs> I have had many bromances in my life. A bromance is where two guys have a non-sexual committed relationship. In high school, it was a guy named Mike. In college, it was a guy named Mike. Right now, it's a guy named Mike. <laughs> uh, actually, I have several right now. But when I was dating my wife and we were not getting along, we were fighting back and forth right before I got saved, there was a guy named Danny. And we were together all the time. We did almost everything together, even some things I would be ashamed to tell you. My wife said he was my wife. Because <laughs> I preferred to be with him than to be with her. Because her and I were fighting and I just, I just wanted to hang out with him because we had a whole lot of fun. And when I got saved, I had to get a divorce from him. My wife literally said, you had a divorce, Danny. Now, he's still my friend. He's still a very close friend of mine. Uh, but a bromance is when you have a friend. It could be a guy to guy, and it's really a metaphor, guy to guy, girl to girl. And I guess you could have it with a girl, but mostly same sex where that person can say anything to you. You can say anything to them. You can trust them. They can, be, they can fr confront you. And they will help you be the best person and the person that God has called you to be. Do you have a bromance? In Genesis chapter uh, 1 and 2, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said everything was good that he made except one thing. And that was man being alone. And not only would man not be alone, not be good for a man to be alone having a woman, but having a friend. Someone in his life or her life that can challenge you, pray for you, encourage you, support you, pick you up when you fall because you will fall. Can I get amen? amen? All your life you are going to need somebody to have a bromance to. And again, it's a metaphor for someone in your life that is there for you through thick and thin, not your spouse, other than your spouse. Someone that will pray for you, someone that you can trust your life with. I'm going to read some verses to you. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a, a friend, everyone say friend. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27.6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Do you have a friend who when he tells you your breath stinks, you say thank you? <laughs> By the way, a friend who will tell you your breath stinks. Because if you're sitting in the restaurant talking and you got a little something right here, a little something walking around <laughs> right under your lip, and they don't tell you, that's not your friend. Someone can at least say, yo, man, yo, like that, at least let you know. Proverbs 17, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. The Bible says God wants to be your friend. He was a friend of Abraham. He spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. The Bible says Jesus was a friend of sinners. How many of y'all are sinners? Ooh, you know, God wants to be your friend. A lot of times we think of God as lightning and thunder. I got to fear him. God says, I want to be your friend. I want to challenge you today that you cannot be who God called you to be. You cannot experience the joy of the Lord 
and fulfill all that God has created you to be without a bromance, without a friend in your life. Now, if a friend relationship is so critical, it is obvious that the devil would try to isolate you from having a friend. And he would distance you. Matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 4, Cain, who committed the first murder, his punishment was banishment, isolation. And what he said was when God isolated him and said, I'm banishing you, separating you from relationship. He said, My, that burden is too hard for me to bear. And when you are in prison and you commit crimes in prison, they will put you in solitary confinement and separate you from people. The devil wants to separate you from people. I got some stats on loneliness. It's very interesting when we have all these friends on Facebook. <laughs> and you think you have relationships. That 10 years ago, one in three people claimed to be lonely. I'm, I'm sorry, one in five. Today it's one in three. And there are a lot of people who have more friends on Facebook or through social media than people they know. You got all these fake friends or shallow friends or hypothetical friends, but you have no friendship. You have loneliness. Matter of fact, studies show that guys are more lonely than women and that guys commit suicide at a higher rate than women. Matter of fact, emotional isolation is ranked as high a risk factor for mortality as smoking. Some of the physical uh, diseases thought to be caused by loneliness, Alzheimer's, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, neurodegenerative diseases, cancer. Tumors grow faster in lonely people. God says people need people. And so my question to you as you come to church, as we talk about the Bible and we pray and we have small groups, we encourage you to go to life class, encourage you to get in small groups, encourage you to do ministry. Do you have a friend, someone that can encourage you and challenge you? In the story we're going to read today, it's about a man named Jonathan and a man named David, David who killed Goliath. And we're going to look at their friendship and some critical components of their friendship that went past Jonathan's death. And my encouragement to you today is a couple things. One is to ask yourself, who is my friend? Who can challenge me, confront me? Who can I be honest with? Who do I have to be honest with? Who is in my life that can be there for me through thick and thin? Because if you do not have that person and you're trying to do it alone, but you have peripheral people, you will just float. You will float. And you'll come to church, you'll read your Bible, and you'll wonder, why am I not growing? I'm learning Spanish, and, I, and a lot of times in my, in my Spanish journeys, I didn't have a teacher. I was just doing it myself, and I was like going like one mile an hour. And recently I got a teacher, and in two classes, just from her, because that was my first class, I was like, bullets. Just having that accountability makes the whole difference. And so my encouragement to you is, is to ask yourself, who is my accountability? Who is that person in my life? And number two, that God wants to be that for you. That God wants to be in addition to your Lord and Savior. He wants to be a friend that walks through life with you. Let me, re, let me recap what we did last week. We talked about what love is. Everyone say love is the heart of God. Love is not just a feeling, but it is actually the heart of God. To love is to imitate the heart of God. Say to love is to imitate the heart of God. 
Very good. If you are going to love somebody, it's not that you're going to feel something towards them necessarily. You are just going to, you are going to emulate the heart of God towards them. And thirdly, to love others is to encourage them to imitate the heart of God. When you love somebody, you are encouraging them to imitate the heart of God. You are not doing what they want. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18. In this story, the king of Israel is Saul. And Saul was a very selfish, insecure man. And Saul was a guy that God said, you know what, I got another king. I'm not really approving of your kingship, of your character. And there was a battle where a young kid named David comes out and kills Goliath. And God had anointed David to take Saul's job at some point. And so David kills Goliath. And after Saul talks to him and praises him, he meets Saul's son, Jonathan. Everyone say Jonathan. And Jonathan and David are going to be, have a bromance. And they are going to make a commitment to each other. Now you have to understand, throughout Saul's life, Saul tried to kill David over and over because he was threatened by him. Because he was jealous, he was insecure. But throughout Saul's life, and as Saul was trying to threaten, uh, kill David and get rid of David because he was threatened by him, his son Jonathan and David had a strong relationship. And Jonathan kept defending David to his father Saul, so much so that Saul got mad at his own son, tried to kill his own son. But David and Goliath made a covenant with each other. And they say, even in spite of my father's hatred for you, you and I are brothers. Is there somebody in your life other than your spouse? And by the way, my spouse is my friend as well, and your spouse should be your friend. But is there somebody else in your life that can be that for you through thick and thin. And we're going to look at four characteristics of a friendship. And understand this, God wants to do all of this with you. It really encouraged me one day when I realized that I was going through something hard that God whispered to me and said, hey, Miles, you know what, in, in addition to being your Lord, your Savior, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. Let's talk. Let's talk. Chapter 18, verse 1. Look what it says. It says, when he, when, when he had finished speaking with Saul, after David killed Goliath, when he had finished speaking with Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. Because he loved him as his own soul. Everybody say he loved him as his own soul. I wonder if the only person you love, your, love as your own soul is your own soul. In other words, I wonder if you just love you. Or if there's somebody you say, you know what, I love him. I love her. Then it says, verse 3, Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Verse 4, Jonathan took off his robe. That was on him, gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword, his bow, and belt. Number one in your notes. Love knits the hearts of friends together. Love knits the hearts of friends together. And by the way, you can't make this happen. This kind of just happens. But you have to be available to it. I don't know if you all know Michael Jr. You all know Michael Jr.? The comedian, we were talking one day, and we were talking about who we hang with all of a sudden, and we were having dinner, and I said, hey, Mike, let's be friends. 
And we were like, yeah, let's be friends. We, we noticed that our hearts were being knit together and we just threw it out on the table and said, let's be friends. Uh, who is your heart knit to? If you look at your notes, to knit means to be bound, one in spirit, inseparable, bonded, and permanently, literally to be chained together. Who is your heart chained to? Now, let's stop for here for a minute. Who's your friend? Do you have somebody that you say, that guy or that girl is my friend? My heart is knit to their heart. In other words, when their heart hurts, my heart hurts. When their heart rejoices, my heart rejoices. When they get pulled down, I get pulled down. I'm going to pull them up with me. Whose heart is your heart knit together? Proverbs 18.24 says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. Saying, I am going to give my heart to you and I am going to make sure you know it and I know it and we are going to be knit together. I started thinking about that and the friends in my life and thinking about how much my heart is knit together to them to the point where it cannot be unknit versus having acquaintances. We have friends on Facebook, right? We, we defriend people. How, you know how you can, you can have a friend and then unfriend. I had people come to me saying, well, they unfriended me. They were never really your friend. You don't unfriend somebody because they say something. You don't unfriend somebody because they wore something or posted something. That's not a friend. It's such a trick on words to, to, to say, I got, oh, I got another friend, I got another friend. And, you, and, and the fact, in fact, you got these friends who don't even know you. Oh, I, I, can I be your friend? What are you, who are you? <laughs> David and Jonathan loved each other's soul like their own soul. When you have that, you think twice before you're going to do something that would break that friendship. Number two in your notes, love encourages your friend's God identity. Look what it says in verse 4. Jonathan took off his robe that was on him and gave it to David. This is so powerful. Because you have to understand, Saul was king. Jonathan was his son, the next king. Jonathan had a robe, his royal robe, that was symbolic of his position, his future. But Jonathan said, you know what? (laughs) I think God's got his hand on you. He took off his robe and he gave it to David. Almost symbolic of saying, I think this role is for you. Whether he knew that or not, who is in your life who can empower you and encourage you in what God has called you to be? In other words, it's one one thing to have a friend in your life that will tell you what you want to hear, boost up your ego, always take your side. But it's also another thing to have a friend in your life that can tell you the truth about what God has called you to be. Because some of y'all have friends in your life, you see them destroying their life, destroying their relationship with their family, and you are co-signing what they do. And you are not man enough, woman enough to say, hey, wait a minute, you shouldn't do that. That's not who God calls you to be, and that's not what God would want you to do. That's a friend. Proverbs 27, 6 says, the wounds of a friend are faithful. Everybody say that with me. Say, the wounds of a friend are faithful. 
Here's what that means. Hey, brother, um, uh, I, I, I know you're fighting with your wife or I saw you have 17 drinks the other night. After you smoked those two joints, after you came down from your cocaine, I think it's time for me to say something. Or I, I saw you out with that girl and you were talking with that girl and it got a little over the line. I know you're married. A lot of times we won't say stuff to people because we think we're going to hurt their feelings. The Bible says the wounds of a friend are faithful. And if you have someone in your life and you are seeing them stray from what God has called them to be, and if you are really their friend, you will say something to them. That's a friend. Amen. And I bet you all of you have someone in your life, you hear them gossip all the time and you never say anything to them. You see them skip church, not come to small group, not read, the, they, they, they curse in here, gossip here, being critical all the time, and you don't say anything. That's not a friend. A friend says, I want to encourage you to be who God called you to be. I want to challenge you to be God called to be. And if they say to you, who are you, then you're not that friend. Because a friend will also receive it. I have people in my life that can say, hey. Anything to me. I have several. Anything. And not only is it, do I, do I believe that, it is known to, uh, between us that we say anything to each other for the sake of encouraging each other to be who God called them to be. Jonathan said, brother, I want to let everybody know I believe in what God's called you to be. You take my rope. Who's that in your life? Because if you don't have that in your life, guess what? You are calling the shots and you're walking with God and doing your own thing. You cannot understand who you are. You have to look in the mirror to even know what you look like. Let me say it a different way. You have to be reminded every day what you look like. And to do that, you have to look in the mirror. So you don't even know what you look like day to day unless you look in the mirror. That mirror is your friend. Say, brother, here's how, he, I, I, a friend of mine that I've known for 20-something years, she's a counselor. She said to me a long time ago, do you have any idea how people perceive you? In other words, when people look at you from the outside, not you looking at yourself from the inside, when people look at you from the outside, do you know what people think? Do you know what people experience? I was like, wow, what a profound question. Now, she asked me this 20-something years ago, so my answer at the time, I'm going to tell you what it is, wouldn't be my answer today. But when she asked me that 25 years ago, I said to her, I'm from New York, I don't care. <laughs> that was my answer, but it was a bad answer. But the, but, but, but the point was, I don't think you know what people see because you keep doing stuff that is not, I don't think, what you want. And it was such a profound way of seeing your friend is there all day, all the time. Hey, your man, your breath spanks. Your, your, your pants are rolled up in the back. Your hair's not right. They're not letting you walk around looking all goofy. They're not letting you walk around straying from God. They're, they're there to lovingly hold you accountable. And by the way, you receive it. And... You are there to do that for them. Who are you looking out for? Who are you putting your robe on? Say, let me encourage you. I want to be here for you. You do that, iron sharpens iron, you will grow not only in your spiritual life and every area of your life. 
the safety in a multitude of counsel, people talking to you about finances, people talking to you about relationships, people talking to you about business, people talking to you about health, people in your life that can be honest with you. Instead of trying to figure it out because you can't, you're not designed to do it by yourself. God told Adam, Adam had no sin. He said it's not good that he be alone. Even though he had no sin and even though he walked with God, he said that's not what I want. I want relationships. Number three in your notes, love self-sacrificially empowers your friend's purpose. Self-sacrificially empowers your friend's purpose. It says in verse 4, Jonathan took off his robe and his armor, his sword, his bow, and his belt. Jonathan actually gave him (laughs) symbols of his strength and protection. And he said, David, I want you to be strong. Who in your life are you strengthening? Think about it. Who in your life are you strengthening, investing in, empowering? A bromance love says, God's heart is that you be encouraged. God's love is that you be be empowered, be equipped. He is everything. And, and, And guess what, David? Jonathan had to make himself vulnerable in order to empower David. With whom are you vulnerable? The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, when Adam and Eve, the Bible says they were naked, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, socially, spiritually. Everything was open to bear and they felt no shame. In other words, between the two of them, they knew everything and it was okay. Who in your life can you be that vulnerable with and it be okay? Well, you don't have to walk around like this all the time. Guarding what you say, guarding what you think, guarding what you do. That someone is there, you can say, here's who I am. Do you know how liberating that is? you know how much energy it takes to be guarded all the time? That David said, Jonathan said, here's everything I have and I will be naked for you. Because I want to encourage you. I want to empower you. I have a friend, uh, Pastor Jacob Aranza in Louisiana. We've known each other 20 plus years. 20-something years. We've been we're traveling, speaking, always saw each other on the road. And he's now a pastor in Louisiana. And we have this kind of relationship where it's like we know. We've been through battles for 20-something years. It's like he believes in me. I believe in him. He encourages me. I encourage him. Encourage him. We are accountable to each other. And when things happen here, he said on many occasions, and, and other friends, hey, you want me to fly to San Diego right now? You want me to fly to San Diego? I'll come right now. I'll, I'll just, I, got, I can take care of this. I'll be there for you. And vice versa. Who in your life is like that? Because walking with, walking with God and carrying the burden of life without friendship is very, very difficult. But when someone comes alongside and simply says to you, hey, brother, I'm praying for you. <sighs> How many of you had that where you were just carrying a burden and someone said one thing to you and it lifted your spirits? Can I get an amen? Imagine if that person was in your life every day. Imagine if you were that to somebody. And by the way, who are you that with? Because if you're not that with somebody, why? Is it because, is it because you don't have somebody or is it because you've chosen just to stay to yourself? And by the way, you can be someone's friend and encouraging without reciprocation. In other words, without them doing it back. Why? Because God's our friend even when we don't be friendly back to him. The Bible says you must first be friendly. This is something you can do and express to everybody you know. Hey, how can I encourage you? How can I encourage you? 
How can I pray for you? That's being friendly. It's not like, okay, I'm only going to be friends with that person or I'm looking for that one. You just be friendly and it will happen. And number four, the last one, love makes a covenant. Everyone say covenant. With your friend, a lifelong covenant. Says in verse 3, Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved them as his own soul. Jonathan and David said, look, man, you're my boy. <laughs> this is an Old Testament version, New, New, New Testament version of what they said. <laughs> you're my homie. <laughs> let's, let's prick our fingers. And uh, you, ever, you ever do that? What, what is that called? Blood brothers. So when I was a kid, we, we, I did that with a berry. We, we, we were two punks to, to really prick our fingers. So we took a little red berry and faked the blood. <laughs> my friend in high school, Mike, is still my friend to this day. And, and he's like a brother to me. We can go a long time without talking and pick up the phone and just keep, just like picked up from the year since we talked. <laughs> My good friend that I don't talk to in a year. <laughs> Do you know how those friendships are? Can I get amen? We're brothers. We made a covenant. Three times in the Bible, David and Jonathan made a covenant with each other. Look at your notes. A covenant, one of the central themes of the Bible, describing a permanent, deep, intense, committed, irrevocable relationship. That means no matter what Mike does, he will be my friend. Till he dies. Till I die. And we met, let me see, 40 years ago. And we are still friends. I'm friends with his mom, his brother, his sisters. We're family. College, Jim Vendetto, my Italian family that adopted me when I was I was the only black person in the Italian family. His brothers, his sisters, his mom, both his parents who are now passed, they were my family. I walked in the house. I ate every time. Not because I wanted to. Because <laughs> I expressed many times, Mr. Vendetto, I'm, 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 I am um, I'm full. I just ate. And then he would curse me out. Four little words. And he would say, you ate that cafeteria food, you think that's better than my wife's food, you sit down and eat the blanket, beep, 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 and da, 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 da. I was family. <laughs> they made a covenant. I have a covenant with that family. Who do you have a covenant with? God wants to make a covenant with you. God wants to be your friend. I know we do an altar call time for prayer for salvation, and we're going to do one again. But think about it in this context. That because God loves you so much and he wants to walk with you and help you, encourage you, reveal to you things you don't know, bless you, give you strength to get the day-to-day -day and live, not survive, but thrive. That's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to be, you know, he doesn't want you to say, okay, be my, be my servant and I'm going to lord over you so you can be fearful. No, he says, I want to come behind you and help you. Help. That's what a friend does, all these things we talked about. 
So when you give your life to Christ, what you're saying is, God, can you be my friend? The Bible says no greater love that a man could have for another man than to lay his life down for his friend. Jesus laid his life down for us as his friends. That's what he wants to be. And so in a minute we're going to pray and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want you to be my friend. I want you to encourage me, empower me. I want you to knit your heart together with me. I want to make a covenant where you would never leave me or forsake me forever. And it's simply admitting that your sin has pushed God away. The Bible says all have sinned and if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God, not a friend of God. And to say, Lord, I realize that my sin pushed you away, but I want you to forgive me and I accept your invitation into a friendship relationship. God is saying, can I be your friend? I was sitting with Michael Jr. and we were sitting at dinner at our marriage retreat a few years ago. And I said, Mike, let's me and you be friends. We had just met. I think it was the first, the first time we sat down and, and just talked. And I said, let's me and you be friends. We were, we were inviting. Well, I invited him into a relationship and he was like, yeah, let's do it. He could have said no. But I calculated my bets. I figured he was going to say yes. <laughs> it was a bunch of us sitting. It was like six of us sitting at a table. So I said it in front of everybody. So I was, I was taking a risk, right? Not really. If you would have said no, I was like, I'm good. I don't need you anyway. No, I, I, <laughs> God is saying, I want to be your friend. Oh, by the way, I'm going to be a friend who's going to forgive you of your sin. I'm going to be a friend who's going to change your life. I'm going to be a friend who's going to transform your life. I'm going to be a friend who's going to give you questions, answers to every question you have. That's a good friend. Amen. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are the friend that, you, that we need. You are the model friend, one who laid your life down for our good. Lord, I first pray for our church that we would be a friend to the people in our life. That we would seek to fulfill outside of having a bromance. That we be vulnerable people. We allow our hearts to be knit together. That we would encourage our friends at our expense in a covenant relationship. But Lord, I pray for those who need a friendship with you. Who need encouragement. That need you to forgive them of their sin. And that are willing to accept your invitation into a relationship. If that's you, I just want you to pray with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, can you be my friend? Forgive me of my sin. I acknowledge that you died for me. The greatest sacrifice a friend can make. I surrender my life to you. I accept your invitation into a relationship where you as my friend and my savior. Thank you, Lord. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to stand up here in a minute. You may have prayed it because you've never asked Jesus to be your savior or you may just need him to acknowledge him 
more as a friend than just God in heaven, but an encourager, a support. So I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute if you prayed that prayer. In all the campuses, there's going to be someone there to pray with you. So wherever you are, I'm going to count to three. I just want you to stand up. And I want you to grab the person of someone you came with and have them stand with you as your friend, as your support, as your encourager. Or you may grab the person next to you because you know they prayed and you just want to encourage them. But let's do this together. Let's stand together and walk with Christ together. So on the count of three, if you pray that prayer, if you want to encourage somebody, I want you to stand with them. One, two, three. Just stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. 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 Now I'm going to ask all y'all who are standing in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. And if you're here with somebody, I want you to bring them with you as your support. And let's give them a hand. You're standing up. Come down to the altar. Let's give them a hand right now. Come on down. Amen. Amen. Grab your family. Grab your friend. Amen. Come on. Amen. Bring them on down. Let's give them a hand. Come on. Let's give them a hand. Long Island. Yeah, yeah. Okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Romance. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Just say right there. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, she's talking about the romance. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Um, a few things. Be a good friend to somebody. Amen. 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 God bless you. God bless you. Call an old friend up. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. Say, I forgive you. I miss you. The devil is always trying to separate. The number of, the number of unity is one. The number of division is two. God wants us to be one as he is one and him the son of one. The devil wants us to be separated. So in all the relationships in your life, the devil has separated great relationships by silly stuff. So let me encourage you to be a friend to somebody. Let me encourage you to get someone in your life to, to challenge you in your walk with God. Amen? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to pray for all these people, then we're going to cheer them out, and then after that, Pastor Marcus will pray us out. Lord, thank you for all these people. Lord, thank you. I thank you on behalf of their friends and their support system. May you challenge and encourage all of them in their relationship with you and relationship with people. And Lord, I pray all of us will be thinking about who in our life is our friend. How are we loving them? 
How are we encouraging them? How are we letting them encourage and challenge us? In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way, everybody. Let's walk this way.